Welcome back to our growing experiment. We're here with Jane and Miranda from the Sudbury Market. Uh, do you guys want to tell us a little bit about yourselves? Um, I'll go first. I'm the interim market manager. I started with the Sudbury Market actually as a vendor. Uh, I'm a crocheter um, about seven years ago, and I've developed a real family uh, connection to 90% of our vendors, and I'm meeting new people every week, so it's great. Great. Yeah. Um, I'm Miranda. I'm currently a board member. I'm the now the vice chair uh, of the board of directors for the Subway Market. Um, I originally was introduced, well, I've been introduced to the market previously, but I uh, used to work at Eat Local Sudbury. I was the manager there. Um, Eat Local Sudbury had taken over the market at one point, um, and we were hiring uh, the market managers through there. I became market manager in 2019. And then when I left the position, I knew I still wanted to be involved in the market. So I'm currently on the board of directors. Yeah. Okay, cool. And so, uh, yeah, the, the Sudbury, Sudbury market. So like uh, the thing I really like about that is uh, it's, it's a good place where you can go and get access to a lot of these, uh, these local farmers and stuff like that. So how does, how does somebody go about getting involved with the market? Like, let's say you're a farmer and you want to be a potential vendor. How would you go about that? You can contact us at info, info at sudburymarket.ca um, and ask for an application. Farmers are always a priority for us. We love to have new farmers and promote the, the local foods that we do have there. Um, I can shop year round with our market and I don't have to hit a grocery store very often, so which is great. Yeah, exactly. That's that's what we like about the market as well. Uh, not only the farmers, but just uh, other vendors too. Like you could kind of find a little bit about of everything there, like soap, all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, I don't know who would be best to tell us how the market got started. I'm going to leave that one to Miranda. Okay. So that that's a big question. The market has been around for many years. It's been over 30 years that the um, Sudbury market has been in existence. For the majority of that, it was city run. So the city of Sudbury ran the farmer's market. Um, even when Eat Local had taken it over for a few years, um, the city was still very much involved. Um, in 2019, end of 2018, early 2019, um, the farmer's market became its own entity and is now a nonprofit run by a board of directors. We still receive um, city uh, support but we are our own nonprofit entity. Um, so I, I uh, can speak to 2019 onwards, but um, yes, since then we're still working close to the city, but um, yeah, we're our own entity now. Okay, and uh, so one of the things uh, that we've been kind of wondering as we've been talking to more people, because what we're trying to do with the podcast, we think is we're trying to, um, give a place for say a lot of the farmers that would go and participate in these markets we give a place for them where they can kind of uh, talk and, and sort of express what they're about and why they're involved in it because um, part of what I think would help kind of grow the community that would help sort of fund these farmers so we could have say a really big healthy market and supply a lot more people with food is is that the people themselves have uh, really interesting valuable stories and a lot to teach us um, so what do you guys think is like a, an effective way to sort of help grow this community? Uh, I figure that you guys would have a lot of experience with that being 
sort of uh, at the intersection of where all these interactions sort of meet up. Mm -hmm. um, Gene, did you want me to take that on? Go for it. <laughs> yeah, so I think to, to grow the community when it comes to um, farmers, people wanting to buy from farmers, I think the farmer's market is a great um, place for a lot of almost networking and learning from each other. Um, a lot of our farmer vendors are talking to each other on a regular basis, um, learning things from each other, um, also promoting each other within the market. Um, there, yeah, there's a lot of uh, promotion for all the farmers, all the vendors between each other. Um, I also think it's just the hub. People who want local food, want local products, the market is kind of the place to go because they know uh, our market is 100% homegrown, handmade, that everything they get is going to be a local product that's handmade in, in um, Sudbury or homegrown. And it's just a way, um, it's just the people who are interested in that, we're just kind of the hub and we're always accepting new farmers, new growers, new vendors. Um, and we're always looking to grow that and uh, have more people join us. I just feel like we're just such a hub. Mm -hmm. Jane, you can add to that if you wanted as well. I, I agree with Miranda. Um, one of our long-term goals is to have a permanent place for this market so we can grow and we can, and we are as a board working on that. Um, it is, as I said, a long-term goal, finding space. Um, this pandemic has been extremely good for us actually, because uh, we've had, a, we've almost quadrupled our vendor count since last year at this time. Oh, wow. um, we have a lot more farmers that are growing inside now. So they're doing hydroponics, which means that we have fresh greens, we have mushrooms, we have all those wonderful things all year round. So it, it is really, as Miranda said, it's a hub for your local eats. And we've been doing a lot of advertising uh, as far as radio goes, um, just getting the word out there. And then our vendors also advertise for, for the market as well. So a lot of it is um, word of mouth for us to expand, but um, the word is getting out, believe me. <laughs> yeah, it sounds yeah. like you quadruple the, the amount of vendors, right? Like it sounds like it's working. And I think that's a good way that people are uh, promoting is promoting each other. I think that's a really good way where everybody could kind of know what's out there and uh, make it more accessible for everybody. Yeah. yeah. And I'll just add, I think like just on the topic, because of everything we've gone through in the last to going on three years now with the pandemic, um, there has been a huge shift to local. I feel like it was already growing previous to that, um, but people have really realized the um, importance of um, being almost self-sufficient, being able to get food from your community, supporting your local farmers. And I think that's part of the reason why the market has really boomed as it has. Um, we're seeing a lot more people taking interest in growing their own food and we've had just people kind of um, like dipping their toes in the water, potentially wanting to become farmers, homesteaders, that sort of thing. Um, we've also been an outlet for a lot of crafters and artisans in this time because there's been nowhere else for them to sell their products. Basically all of the regular markets that they would be attending throughout the year, they just haven't happened. So we've kind of become that center for them because a lot of them are doing that as almost a full-time job. 
and they need an outlet to sell their products. So we've been able to welcome them, which is really great. Um, this winter market has been our most successful by far. Usually at this time of year, we have a hard time getting like 12 to 15 vendors, whereas we're maxing out at our 35 uh, vendor capacity that we have right now currently at Science North, which is far beyond what we expected when we were uh, originally um, planning to go into Science North. We were expecting a slow January, February, March, like previous years. Mm -hmm. um, but it seems like the momentum has just stayed with the market this entire time, which is really awesome. Um, like I wish there wasn't the reason everyone wasn't here was because of everything that's going on, but I'm glad that we've been able to um, be the space for people to continue to provide for their families and provide for the community. Yeah, and it, I was kind of thinking this idea too, uh, when Jane was mentioning the idea of wanting to have like say a, a full-time marketplace. And that's that's one idea I've wondered about if it's like, it seems like we have, uh, like you guys were saying, a, a lot of vendors. And so it's like, we, we do have something that sounds like it could be approaching something like a more permanent market. And I think maybe there's a, a sort of a, a hitch point sort of where maybe when you have a, a place that's full time and you have like a wide enough variety where it almost sort of reflects what most people would kind of think of as a, as a regular supermarket or something like that that maybe that would also increase and drive more people to it because sometimes I think maybe one of the, the limitations in a sense is it's, it's not a one-stop shop, like say a big box is. Mm -hmm. So like that, that, cause in, in my mind, if I were to sort of paint my perfect picture, I'd, I'd like to see exactly what you're describing a full-time market. And so, um, is, is there like maybe, uh, something that's sort of missing from that that puzzle in a way like is there uh like so for an example uh one thing that would be really hard to grow here i guess would be like say your tomatoes your cucumbers your sort of seasonal vegetables during the winter during the winter yeah so what so i guess what i'm getting at then is um should we strive to be able to provide the sort of year-round fruit and vegetables that we're used to getting at the supermarket or as a sort of um, community, should we maybe be moving towards, say, a more seasonal kind of eating that that's in line with that? So, like maybe our Sudbury market would look very different than, say, a supermarket. Um, I guess that's kind of abstract, but yeah, do you guys have anything to go on with that? Well, I do. I um, I think like, so. When we're talking about a permanent space, I think it's more just like a a, a permanent indoor location potentially in the future. I don't see us ever being like um, like a grocery store that sells products seven days a week sort of thing. Um, I think that interaction at the market that people get, it's almost like an experience and people really enjoy being able to talk to the people who are growing and producing the products. But when it comes to um, acquiring very seasonal produce like tomatoes and that and peppers and that cucumbers, those sorts of things that are very much a short season uh, vegetable in our area, unless you have um, season extension equipment, if you're starting them earlier in greenhouses and extending your season with row cover and that sort of thing, or you're just growing with a greenhouse throughout the season. Um, I think it's great that we've been able to uh, have some vendors can have that later in the season. I don't think that's something we're trying to strive for year round here. Um, 
you need so much equipment, you need so much infrastructure to have those greenhouses to be growing that sort of thing. I definitely think we need to be moving towards a seasonal diet. I think it's great that we have farms that have started growing greens year round here because it's a lot easier to grow those sort of things year round in hydroponic systems and in greenhouses and that sort of thing. Um, but I think it's beneficial for everyone on the planet ever to, on the planet all over the world to be trying to eat seasonally and locally if possible. It's like the best diet for the planet. Um, and so I think that's definitely what we strive for. And you'll, that's what you'll see at the winter market is you'll see those greens that are being grown uh, year round, but then you'll have your like carrots and squash and that sort of thing as well. Um, which is more seasonal. And then obviously the meats that are provided year round, um, depending on the, the pasture seasons and when they sell out of their meats in the winter. But definitely I like, I would strive towards seasonal. I think if there's someone who does have greenhouses who can grow those kind of products year round, that's fantastic. But I don't think it's what we need to strive for. We do have, um, Collège Boreal has come out to um, the market a few times this winter season. They're mostly selling um, like indoor plants, like their greenhouse cactus and that sort of thing. But I know their agriculture program with their greenhouses, they have in years previously grown tomatoes in those greenhouses um, in the winter. And they've actually had year long seasons where they've grown from January to January, which in my mind, I almost can't even imagine just thinking of planting out tomatoes June 10th and then frost hitting September 1st and having to pull all the green tomatoes off the plants. So um, I think it's, it's a possibility, but I don't think it's what we, we were looking for at the market. I don't know if that answers your question, but. Those are yeah, my I think that does because um, like I, I try to picture in my mind what a sustainable sort of community would look like. Like I try to think sometimes um, if, if Sudbury were to say grow into a community that predominantly would get all of its food and all of its goods from the surrounding area, what would that look like? And that's why I kind of asked the question, you know, would it look like a modern supermarket? Or would we basically have to adjust uh, our expectation of, say, what food is available on the shelves at the time of the year? And I yeah. think in spirit, I think we acknowledge that sometimes. But I also sometimes think that if for a wider appeal to, say, the everyman kind of thing, who's used to seeing that supermarket, if there isn't a benefit in doing that. So that's, that's where I'm trying to balance that idea of how do, how do we grow it as, as a wider appeal to get to more people while also having these sort of reasonable expectations of the limit, right? So, yeah. and, and so let's say in the spirit of um, moving towards seasonal growing, how, how, do we, how would we sell that idea? Because I guess a lot of that would be preserves there'd be say maybe like uh your sauerkraut your pickles your meats uh your long storage so your 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 potatoes your carrots uh other root type stuff i guess your your squashes and that kind of thing mm -hmm. so i guess i guess it would be a bit of a diet shift um do, do, do you know of any other models that are sort of similar to that are you guys aware of other markets that sort of would be in line with that kind of goal already or have a similar model to that? Not that I know of. I think for the most part, um, basically 
markets are set up similar to ours, just the booths every Saturday or maybe twice a week. And it's just whatever those farmers have available. Um, I think when it comes, especially in Northern Ontario, because when it comes to produce, we're so limited, I think more resources for our farmers to be able to extend their growing seasons would be great um, just to bring those items, um, stretch them out further for our community. And also even things like um, storage. I, I, as far as I know, a lot of our farmers have a hard time actually storing their storage crops because they need root cellars, they need cold storage, they need something to put them in, but not a lot of farms actually have that infrastructure which is a barrier so they might be able to grow it but can they store it and keep it for us over the winter time that's a whole other story and then even um, when it comes to preserves and selling those sort of things you need a certified kitchen to be doing that so if you don't have access to a kitchen or you have to rent out a kitchen from someone and the hours are inconvenient it's too costly you might not be doing that with this extra produce that you have um, so I think there definitely needs to just be a shift in what's available to our farmers um, so that they could maximize their production and what they can offer us year round. Um, yeah, that being said, like I, I don't think people should be expecting to get fruits and vegetables and everything fresh right in the, the dead set of winter, um, especially the fresh stuff like tomatoes and peppers or um, like maybe apples could be stored. Um, but even then, I don't think there's anyone in our area that has an orchard that's doing that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I think there it, it definitely comes with a shift in um, how people look at how they eat. And I also feel like some people, though they are eating uh, a lot of local foods from our farmers, which is fantastic. Some people see it as a supplement to the other things that they need to get at the regular grocery store. Like almost everyone I know is going and buying bananas and avocados and that sort of thing. And you would never see those growing here. There yeah. is a banana greenhouse in Southern Ontario, which is awesome, but it's not a, a doable thing for most people. So I think as long as we can provide a lot of the food that people would like year round, I think we're accomplishing something good for the community and for the environment. Yeah, of course. And um, yeah, I, I don't mean to say like uh, what you guys aren't doing is enough because certainly you guys are, like you said, you're definitely providing a, an awesome facility and an awesome venue for these uh, farmers to be able to move their products and reach out to the community. And, and, and touching on an idea that you just mentioned there too, it made me wonder if, if there wouldn't be a way to have a sort of community storage or a community like root cellar equivalent or something like that, like as a way of sort of trying to help out our farmers or would there be a way to say, do that? You know, like, I mean, would that be a, I mean, it's such a kind of a foreign thing, I guess, like a community storage place or, uh, or maybe there'd be a way to set up a co-op with sort of the farmers to have a shared space where they could store all their goods so that they could collectively meet the market needs or bigger market needs throughout the winter time. And then even say, figuring out a way to sort of help provide a kitchen in some way. Cause like you said, the kitchen has to be a, a very specific kitchen. So you can do very to, to, to regulation and to code, which, which makes sense. So I wonder if, if that wouldn't be an idea that would be a good thing to help support the local farmers is maybe we need to figure out a way to help them store their food. And, and being that it's sort of a new idea, it would be a new sort of, I mean, there must, there must be a way to sort of 
get interest community wise or government wise to supplement that or or um what's the word i'm looking for fund not fund but where they get funding would be good too but the where they give you like a break basically subsidize a subsidy or something like that because um something like that i feel like if if that is one of the things that limits the farmers is say storage space and access to a kitchen then maybe in in the interest of helping farmers that would be a, an interesting goal to pursue uh, well, would you guys have any idea of something like that or if that's possible even or i personally i think that's a grand idea um to incorporate into a permanent uh facility that we would have mm -hmm. in the market because you would have storage have a, a, a certified kitchen already that they could use at that time um, and to have a storage but that's something that would be a, a good long-term goal for us to do um, mm -hmm. but definitely it would help them for sure and then they're not transporting as much either yeah you know at certain times so they're not hauling in their big trucks every week they they have their stock there already mm -hmm. so but that's an idea that we could definitely look at down the road for when we decide to go for something permanent yeah I, I yeah and i think that's a good like jane said that's a really good goal to look towards like right now that's not definitely not something in the near future for us but no. i think <laughs> goals like it's a really good Let's thing to this week <laughs> yeah yeah and this is kind of got my gears turning as a as a board member just thinking um because we're a nonprofit, i'm wondering if there's different avenues of funding that we can look into potentially for our farmers to help them out with these sort of um bits of infrastructure in uh like in the now so that's something we can definitely look into and i can look into we can as a board look into see if we can help our farmers in some way yeah because i think a lot of farmers are doing that but maybe because they don't have those resources they're just doing it for their own families right but they're mm -hmm. they're doing it so if they just had you know a space where they can do it at a large amount they're already yeah. doing it, so you just keep doing it and then it's something mm -hmm. to sell to the community and it's, yeah. it's it's a bit of a shift in idea too because like as we're talking about the benefit of having the the local farmers market is that it's a local community thing mm -hmm. and in a sense you i guess have to think more communally and say even how you're going to store your food or produce your food i mean mm -hmm. maybe maybe that's where you kind of look at it where like i mean and even when you talk to a lot of these farmers too i've found that it's it's not really competitive it's it is like i mean yeah they are technically competing in the marketplace to say they're providing similar products and services but they they don't seem to have the attitude where it's like if they don't sell all of the the meat and and no one else does that they've won anything it's like they really think well no there's enough here for me there's enough here for you and they want everybody to kind of do well yeah, yeah exactly. they want everyone to succeed and do well at the market and i've what we found and what most markets find is the more farmers you have the better it is for everyone mm -hmm. um it's not it's not really everyone competing for each other it just brings in more people that are buying more product and um just getting more local food into the community so yeah it's really good that way yeah um so uh uh, I guess one of the things that I'm kind of thinking about too is like, uh, so say for a person who's say not involved with the board like you guys are, um, what what's like a good way for us to help out? I mean, other than with our patronage to the to the to the market and stuff like that. I guess getting involved with the organization might be a good thing. I'm I'm sure you guys need volunteers and that kind of thing. Oh 
uh, volunteers are have become a backbone for me um, as an intern market manager. Um, we've had some wonderful student volunteers uh, that help out on the weekends with um, helping the vendors get in and get them out, offloading. Um, some of our vendors have been here for the 30 years, so they, they're showing their age a little bit. And so it, it's really great to have that community. But we also have adults coming in to volunteer as well. And we're always open to the idea of having somebody come in and, and experience the market. I've taught a lot of the younger kids what it is to be in a farmer's market. And some of them have come from other countries and they're there. They're learning about, first of all, winter in Canada, Northern Ontario. And they've never had farm fresh eggs or they've never had um, locally grown lettuce or things or seen locally grown mushrooms or things like that. Um, so it's, it's been very educational because I try and teach the kids as well as being there. So they learn what part, being part of the community is all about. And what I love about our farmer's market is we are a big family. Um, I pretty well know each and every one of our vendors uh, personally over the years and um, they're there to support. It's really not a competition. Um, we do limit certain groupings, like we have so many soap vendors and we have so many um, different crafting sections, like so many wood people, that kind of thing. But our farmers are unlimited because they are what makes our market and they are why the people come. So the rest of the crafters and such and the artisans, um, they know that and they respect that too, which is great. So we're all very supportive of each, of each other. And it's just a wonderful community and it's the true meaning of it. Yeah, and for it to be just uh, one day a week, I think in one sense, it's, it's not a bad idea where, you know, you take your family out and you go get a few things on a Saturday, like, you know, instead of the rushing, like in the grocery store, you know, you just go to the farmer's market, you go to the different booths, see what they have. And the crafts does kind of help in a way just to kind of break it up a little bit because, you know, you get to see different things that people are doing in the community. Um, but like you said, the the farmers, that's kind of what uh, brings what people there, right? Exactly. And um, something you mentioned was coming in and seeing the, the different crafters and that we really try and keep a good mix. So that way you're not coming back mm -hmm. and seeing the same thing every week. We do have seasonal people that come every week, of course. Um, the one thing that I really missed since the pandemic was the entertainment we used to have downtown when we had our market down there. Because once all of these restrictions are lifted, we're gonna be able to have bands and we're gonna have, it, it, it'll be more of an experience again instead mm -hmm. of just the necessities. And that's something that I really miss from before the pandemic because it really did bring in the community um, when there were special occasions, we used to have a garlic festival. We used to have the blueberry festival. So we always made every weekend, there was something big happening. Canada Day weekend, it was a huge celebration. We get bands and the kids would have face painting. And so that's what I, I'm hoping that we're able to get back to soon. But with the pandemic, we've had all these restrictions put on us and um, it's been a little tough to try and keep that community um, fun going. Yeah. So. Yeah, because that makes sense too. And like you were saying, uh, changing the idea of say what grocery shopping is, right? Mm -hmm. Like say if it becomes a weekend thing where you you go to the farmer's market and you're going to see live music and you're going to run into your friends and you go with the whole family 
and you spend your time walking around and you look at the different arts and crafts and stuff and then and you get your groceries and you go home so you turn it into instead of a go there fill your cart get in line get out you turn it into a a whole experience right Mm -hmm. which is kind of in line with the whole idea of why people I think are going to the farmer's market in the first place is there's there's something experiential in how the food is procured by the people and how they're doing it it's it it is uh, it's an extension of the experience and I think that might be uh, one of the strong sort of pillars of community outreach in that way is, you know, provide the great food from the great people, but then also, you know, make it fun, have a, have a, have, make it a bit of a party. I mean, yeah. and it is sort of a celebration of life in a sense when we are bringing together all of these people and all of these different goods and stuff from our area. It is, it is a celebration and maybe that's part of the, the sort of changing of the mindset towards it as well. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. And just being able to um, talk to the people who are producing your items and know exactly what it is and where it's coming from. And you are getting, um, I don't know, different varieties of things. And you can just know your food so much more going to a farmer's market, which really changes everything. Well, I just kind of even think just as an experience, like I think about, you know, uh, a family, you know, you go to the grocery store quick, get your stuff, then you come home and quick, get it cooked and stuff and I think when you go to the farmer's market you know you go there you enjoy it you come home you're cooking mm-hmm. the food it's, it's just a whole different experience mm-hmm. even like the when you're eating it like it, it just extends the whole time right yeah I almost feel like it's like a refreshing experience where sometimes when you go grocery shopping and doing all that you're exhausted at the end you almost don't even want to eat the food you just bought but at the farmer's market you're so enticed and you're so excited about the things you just brought home with you yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I I think too it's like you're like maybe what adds to the not being uh, depleted but being refreshed is like you're kind of excited to try it. You're like, oh, this lettuce, like you know they just got it. I've never tried lettuce from these people before. I'm I'm curious to see what it's going to be like. And then like then you actually pay attention when you eat it too because you're like, oh, this lettuce actually does have a lot more flavor than the stuff you get at the store. Like there's yeah. like there's, the, the greenness has a taste to it, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, you know, and then, and even too, like, um, there's different desserts and stuff like that. Like, um, you pick a couple different places, uh, a couple different things from a couple different places, sorry. And, uh, you get home and you're kind of like, oh, I can't wait to have some of that. Or, you know, like we got these, uh, these ham steaks there, uh, the other day from the, from the market. And I was like, I never had a ham steak like that before. I mean, that's kind of interesting. So, you know, let's try that out and yeah. you try a new recipe and it, it, it really is a, an all encompassing experience. Mm-hmm. And like, I think to, uh, was it, it was two weekends ago. I think we had, um, we had some locally sourced rabbit with locally sourced chicken. Um, yeah, we, had, uh, the potatoes I think were from a Zilda, right? Yeah. So we, and then we had some pork that was in the dish too. It was mostly locally sourced stuff. Yeah. And then on top of that too, we went and we got some uh, moons, moonshine from Crosscut Distillery. And uh, Sophia's father made a, a traditional Brazilian drink called the caipirinha. And so we made some caipirinhas. We had the whole family over. We had like, you know, our, our snacks. And then we had this big meal and the drinks we had were local. The beer we had was local. All of the meat was local. Almost the whole dish was local. And it was, it was just, it was really nice. And it was, it was a nice experience to, to fill the bellies of our loved ones with locally sourced food from people who love what they do too. Like yeah. it was, it was a really nice dinner. Yeah. 
Well, and with that too, it's the next week you can go and tell the people you bought the food from how great your meal was and how much you enjoyed everything you ate. And they love that and they love to hear that. And you can have a whole conversation about um, the meals that you've made with their products or the food that you've ate from them where you can't really do that anywhere else. You can't, mm-hmm. the produce manager at the grocery store doesn't want to hear. About <laughs> <it>. <laughs> yeah. Whereas the market manager will give you recipes for any single farmer and what yeah. they sell because I have recipes for everything. Mm-hmm. And I, um, I've i been eating at the farmer's market um, unless it's bananas, really, that's about all I buy as far as fruit goes at the store because I get my apples in the summertime mm-hmm. and we do, we preserve them. I get my spaghetti squash and I cook that up and I freeze that into packages. So it lasts me all year long and I don't need to go anywhere else. Mm-hmm. But it's, uh, yeah, it's definitely, it's a wonderful experience. And, and any of the farmers will have recipes for what they have. So if you don't know how to cook something, they will give you some, an easy starting recipe, most of them. That just made me think as well, uh, how you said you get the apples in the summer and then you preserve them. It just kind of made me think that as an individual, we could take on some of that responsibility as well, right? Where, mm-hmm. you know, oh, I'm going to the farmer's market in the winter and I can't get my fruits. Well, maybe you buy more during the summer and you preserve and then you're still eating local all year round. That's yeah. a good point. Exactly. Well, and the, yeah. And most of the farmers that we, that are at the market, they'll offer like the, they'll do the bushels, the half bushels and that sort of thing. So you can do your own preserving and canning and all of that too, which I guess yeah, does take some weight off of them from doing it to sell it in the winter then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and maybe that's the way you sort of collectivize the storage in a sense is encourage the idea of, say, buying in bulk and doing your own preserving. Like, I mean, I know when we were shopping at Costco lots, one thing I would do is I would buy a big strip loin and I would cut it all up myself into our own size steaks, you know. So I think some people already kind of do that. And so, like you said, too, you buy a bunch of apples in the summer and when you know you're going to need to store them because you're not going to buy them anymore, you buy a bunch, you throw them in jars or you can them or whatever it is you want to do with them. And so it's the same way, like how we now we buy our beef, right? You know, you think, oh, okay, well, I know I'm running out of beef. So I got to start talking to a farmer now because I'm going to have to wait another few months before I can actually get the animal. Yeah. And, and so it just changes how you, you interact with the whole process instead mm-hmm. of, oh, I can just go to the grocery store tomorrow. You think, oh, okay, this is going to take some planning. I need to, I need to call my farmer. I need to go and take a look at, like, you have to kind of look at your stock a little bit and, yeah. and see what you need. Yeah, it makes you more mindful of the food you're eating and how you're going to, what you're going to do with it and how you're going to get it. It definitely makes you think about it a lot more, but in a positive way, that's, that's beneficial for your body and, and the planet and your local farmers. Yeah. Something else too, is that when you buy fresh local food, it lasts a lot longer in your fridge. Um, You can buy lettuce and it's going to last you three weeks. Sometimes it, depending on how you store it. Mm-hmm. So um, it, it, the one thing about buying local and fresh is that it will last you a very long time compared to if you go to a box store or a large grocery store, sometimes the quality just isn't there. Mm-hmm. And you're throwing your blueberries out two days after you bought them because they're rotten on the inside. Yeah. Um, when you're buying from a, a local farmer, somebody's just picked that. So there shouldn't be any kind of that 
happening. So that's another nice thing about it is the longevity of the freshness and freshness of the fruit and vegetables that you do get. Yeah. And I think like it's been like it's been touched upon a couple of times throughout the course of this conversation is like, you know, it's it's better for the world even to sort of think locally, eat locally, because, you know, if we can get, you know, uh, say potatoes from Azilda and get our lettuce from another community and get our tomatoes from another community and this and that all in the local area. Well, that cuts down, obviously, on transport costs. Right. And also maybe having maybe a little more realistic expectations, like not being able to get an avocado while you're around, or, you know, maybe, maybe bananas is one of those things you give up, but it's like, maybe it's, uh, you know, I don't think it's all really that bad. It's just maybe because we, we grew up sort of being used to having a lot of these sort of privileges, right? Like, mm-hmm. maybe, like, I mean, I, I can never think of a time growing up, say, where we didn't have apples or or bananas and it's not like I grew up super rich or anything but it was like you know we always had access to fruit like there was always fruit and there was no concept in my mind of like you know maybe we wouldn't be able to get fruit tomorrow or whatever mm-hmm. and moving into the future that we seem to be moving into it seems like we should be a little more conscious about you know where does that come from what is the real cost of getting it here because like you know the company that say is importing the avocados from say Mexico or South America, they're, they're taking into cost. Cause I mean, if they weren't making money off the avocados, they obviously wouldn't bring them up, yeah. but there's some cost that maybe is not being accounted for. And maybe that's the, the detriment to the environment and, and to the community too, just because we're isolated in the sense that we don't buy our food in a, say a market where mm-hmm. like we were talking about all of the other additional benefits to shopping at the market is the community it's the music it's the family it's the fun so maybe those are some unintended sort of losses that we're accruing sort of collectively and that's another sort of reason why maybe we would want to say shop locally think locally it's Mm -hmm. it just seems to me at least and to a lot of the people that we've been talking to it just seems like an answer that checks a lot of the boxes yeah you're getting healthier food, you're doing less damage to the environment, especially considering I think a big part of the movement right now is people are actually, when they're doing agriculture and when they're doing their animal husbandry, they're much more envi- uh, environmentally conscious and aware of what sort of role they play in a sort of ecosystem rather than being uh, a person who's sort of uh, extracting from the land. They're, they're conscious of the fact that they have to put back sort of in a sense what they take out. Yeah, exactly. And I think um, I think specifically at our market, most of our, our farmers are in the organic, ecological, regenerative kind of area um, where they are trying to build their soils and make their own somewhat of an ecosystem and be as uh, beneficial to the land um, as they can while farming. Um, which is really nice because a lot of um, most of our produce that's grown in the world is done in huge monocultures and they're just like you've mentioned depleting the soils depleting the land and then just adding fertilizer on top and they're not actually um, doing good for the planet and for the ecosystem so it's just nice that um, with the farms and going to the farmer's market, you can know what their methods are. They're going to tell you exactly how they did something, what they're adding to their soil, what they're taking out of their soil, everything that they're doing, um, which is really nice. And I feel like when you go to the farmer's market, that's usually what you're finding is a lot of 
smaller scale market gardens that are trying to do things organically or ecologically or regeneratively or a mixture of all of that, which is great. Yeah, it's it's a it's a more, much more mindful engagement with sort of your day to day reality. It's it's, yeah. I mean, maybe not uh, totally at the forefront of your mind, but when when you are say even even if you say don't think to yourself, oh, I'm going to buy local because I want to save the environment. Say you think, oh, I want to buy local because I want to support a local farm. Well, you're still getting a lot of these other benefits, even if you are only going in for the one thing, right? Mm-hmm. And it's uh, yeah, I, I don't know, it's. It's it's it it is just trying to be more conscious totally of of the whole of what goes into what you're doing when it comes to it's it's not you're not just feeding yourself right it's not really that simple we've had a, a sort of a nice period of time where it seemed it was that simple but reality always seems to catch up to you right yeah yeah definitely I think um, just because we're talking about the benefits for the planet and um, being mindful of where you're um, getting your food from and all that. I think we can also mention when it comes to the actual workers on a lot of farms, just how underpaid they are and how unsafe the conditions are and how like even in Canada, most of our food is grown by migrant workers that aren't um, being supported by, um, by the country itself. If they get sick, they don't get sick pay. They they um, basically have no rights. And when you're supporting local farms, I would imagine for the most part in the farms that at, at the Sudbury market, um, all the employees, although there are a lot of them are very small scale, um, they're getting paid at least minimum wage, a lot of them a lot more uh, or more than minimum wage. Mm-hmm. And so you don't have to feel like you're contributing to someone being underpaid and working in an unsafe environment to get food to your table which is really um it's nice to know that as well that you're supporting the local farmers but you're also supporting community members in um getting paid properly and working in safer conditions and just working in a good atmosphere at these local farms well that's an excellent point that uh like because sometimes you'll hear a criticism about say small scale agriculture is it's not good enough to sort of feed everybody but we also have the problem, like you just illustrated, that in the large-scale agriculture that we have, we're also sort of forcing people to work in situations where, I mean, one could argue they're not being afforded certain human dignities that they should be afforded. And so it's like, you know, if you got to pay a little more for the food and you got to pay at a small scale, it's like, again, if you're paying someone where they can actually have a good job and have a family and all that kind of stuff or support themselves or, or, or their loved ones, then it's like, you know, there's, it's, it's another pain into the community kind of idea. And it's, it's, it's a good, it's a good point to illustrate that, you know, um, this, this big scale thing, it, I mean, it it almost obviously has the effect of making people sort of not people in the sort of system of it, right? Because it's so big and they're doing perspectively in a sense, a small job, right? And it's a real shame to do that because really it is an important job. And maybe the scale is sort of what prevents you from sort of appreciating that. Because I do get the sense, like you said as well, that I think people who are doing this work are being, uh, I would say, more fairly compensated for the hard work they are putting in. And I think rightfully so. I mean, if if you look at the fact that, say, you know, uh, you can go and buy a T-shirt 
for like $20, right? And you got to think, well, what was the fabric that went into that t-shirt? I mean, this is a little bit different, but I think in the same spirit, but it's like that it's cheap to you. It's like, but there's, there's another, the the cost is being paid somewhere by someone, right? And it's not necessarily in a dollar sense. And I think that's, that's, that's a good way to sort of think about it, right? It's like the money in a sense is exchanged to get you the thing. And there is money that goes through the whole system, but it's not money that's directly being put into the system. It is people's, you know, blood, sweat, and tears, I guess, to use a cliche in a sense. It is, it is their real production, their labor, their real, their real, um, well, they're putting their life force into it. They're exchanging their life in a sense for some wage to have a life outside of work. Yeah. it's like you know for for every vendor that we have you're supporting us a family mm-hmm. every single person there is a family that you're supporting where the government where they don't have to go and rely to our government and say hey give me money because i can't work or um whatever the situation could be you're you're supporting local families when you come to the market and that's yeah. that's the biggest thing is that we're putting back into our own economy and not um, supporting these big box stores or these big companies that don't look at people as people. They are mm-hmm. numbers and that's that. And, and um, for here, we're people. We, yeah. and, and you're appreciated as people and you're treated like people. So it's, um, it's a, so much better of a situation to be in. Um, you guys talk about not knowing what it's like not to have. Well, I'm a little bit older than you guys. So I've, uh, <laughs> I've experienced that in my life where we didn't have fruit or we weren't able to buy milk and things like that. And if we'd had those local farmers markets, that would have um, helped a lot. I grew up on the BC coast. When I moved to Ontario, I don't eat seafood anymore. Um, but you make adjustments in your life and where you are and um, the biggest thing here though, is each time you buy from somebody that is at our farmer's market, whether it's an artisan, a farmer, doesn't matter who, a baker, you're supporting a local family and that's keeping them off of a system that is already broken. So I think that's an amazing thing that we have. Yeah, and that's, that's a good point too, where maybe sometimes we rely on the sort of structures to take care of us too much when really we need to kind of get our hands dirty and really help each other out. And I mean, that, that is, that is taking your hard earned cash and putting it in the hands of somebody else who hard earned the cash you're giving them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you're right. It re it rehumanizes the whole experience. And, and one of the benefits to being like a huge globally collect collected and connected world is that we get to experience so many vast and different things, but it's almost like a quantity over quality kind of thing. Like, I mean, how much of a connection can you have with say 7 billion people versus the people you're going to meet at your local farmer's market? I want to say there's, there's some kind of number. I can't remember the guy who suggested it, but it was something like 250 people is as many people as you can actually really have any kind of connection with. And maybe that's just like remembering names and all that kind of thing. And and I mean, that kind of makes sense. I mean, to some degree, I mean, you have to have an interaction with these people and be able to see them and talk to them and all that kind of stuff. And, and I think investing in the community, that way is a good way to do it and, and and i mean the thing is too is you go to the the market too and you're going to meet all different kinds of people too from all different kinds of walks of life mm-hmm. and so i mean you're still you're still getting a sort of 
maybe not global is the right word, but you're still, you're still meeting a diverse array of people with very distinct and interesting lives. Mm -hmm. And then that's, that's kind of one of the, the happy things we found in talking to all the people that we've talked to thus far is uh, everyone's got their story and they're, they're all very interesting. And it's, yeah. it's, it, and that's, that's what I think, that's what I hope to provide when we talk to people is that these are real people with real lives and, and, and we can all be a part of, I guess, each other's lives by, by collectively engaging in this community self-support, I guess. Mm -hmm. Definitely. I definitely agree that it's, um, it's such a diverse group of people that are going to the market and are selling at the market. And there are so many um, relationships to be made by just um, going to the farmer's market every weekend or every other weekend. You're just going to meet so many different people um, and I guess while having this conversation, I might be diverting back a little bit, but I think it might be important to bring up when it comes to farmer's markets. So obviously I'm a huge proponent of everything to do with the farmer's market. I'm on the board. I was a market manager. I love the market. Um, you had brought up earlier about how um, even if you have to pay a bit more, like the market's so worth it, which it is, all the food and different things you're going to get. Um, it's ethical, it's more sustainable, local, you're feeding the, um, helping out local families. Um, I think it is good to bring up that it, although there are like some produce and everything that is comparable to going to the grocery store in prices, it's not always super accessible for people to shop at the farmer's market, which is really unfortunate especially when it comes to things like meat products, they tend to be a lot pricier at a farmer's market, um, unless you're buying bulk, like a, a half an animal, whole animal sort of thing, um, than going to the grocery store, which is something um, that, that we could potentially be working on. Um, this has been in the back of my mind for a while. Um, a friend of mine, their parents, when they lived down south, there was a market that would, um, worked with the city to, um, it wasn't like food stamps, but it was like um, coupons that were given out to people that may not have access to farmer's markets, might not have the income um, to go to them. So they would provide them with a certain amount of uh, money every week in these market coupons to attend the market. And it's something that's been in the back of my mind, but I haven't really brought up at, at our meetings, which is something I really should. And this conversation has made me kind of think of that, just because we're talking about how great the markets are and how everyone should support them, but maybe not everyone can support them. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I'm glad I'm here so I can think about these things and they can come to the, come um, to me. So it's something that we can potentially talk about because I feel like there is gaps in the accessibility of mm -hmm. going to the farmer's market and um, trying to make your diet as local as possible if you really can't afford those type of items. Um, not that everything is completely unaffordable at a market, but it might cost a bit more than going to a discount grocery store, that kind of thing. And well, I know, oh, sorry, I'll let you go. I was going to say, well, that's that's a great idea. And in thinking about that, like, um, you know, I don't think I would mind, say, part of our taxes say in Sudbury going towards something, a program just like that, right? Because that's that's money that I can look at what's going into the city, right? And then it's going directly back into the community two ways. One way it's gonna feed that person who might not have access to the market. And then it's also going back to the farmer. So that's, that's a good way to sort of invest mm -hmm. into your city and then encourage the city to invest back into the local surrounding areas. So I actually think that's a really good idea. 
Yeah, yeah and if people are eating healthier food, yeah, the idea is that it would be healthier as well, right? So that there's yeah. just so many benefits to yeah. helping out people so that they could ex- access the farmers market. Yeah, and because if say if cost is a big restriction, and say they are shopping at um, a more bargain store, and I don't I don't mean to sort of throw shade on a bargain store, but if we're honest, I don't think the quality of food there is is comparable to a farmer's market when it comes to nutrient density and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I think especially if you're a person who's growing up in a situation where you're not very privileged, I mean, access to nutrients is key, especially mm-hmm. for young developing minds and in, in these families who, who uh, don't have access to those kind of resources. Yeah. So I think that's probably a really excellent idea. And I, and I love the idea of that's another direct investment in the community there. I think that's mm-hmm. an excellent idea. Yeah. So it's something the board, the market isn't currently in process of working on anything like that right now. And I don't want to speak for the board saying we are, but it's something now that I'm thinking about it and Jane's here, it's something we can definitely work on in the future to try to to make the market overall more accessible to everyone. Because we yeah. want everyone at the market every weekend come out and support our, our local farmers and producers and artisans. Yeah, it's the sharing of ideas that we're kind of having here, right? And it just made me think about how, you know, one of the reasons we really wanted to talk to you guys was that um, people know there's a farmer's market, but if they've never been, I feel like it could be very intimidating, right? Uh, Because we're used to the grocery store where you're not really talking to anybody, uh, your small talk with the cashier, and that's about it. But in the farmer's market, you're encouraged to kind of speak to people. um, So I think it could be intimidating, but being able to put faces to the vendors like we're trying to do with this podcast I think it really could help people reach out Hmm. yeah no you're right that 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 is a thing too is like maybe a skill we've sort of traded for our access to technology and connectivity is that we don't really know how to socialize really anymore face to face and you know it's it's kind of a lost skill and I mean this is sort of related but like I think about how um my wife and I might be like one of the last generations to like meet each other in person before we went on a date like you know we met through through friends where I think of a lot of people now they meet people online and so it it might seem trivial but that that little first encounter where you you risk going up and talking to somebody and hope they don't reject you outright or whatever I mean it's 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 messy of course because we're humans and nothing's perfect but there's something that you learn there, right? And part of it is learning to sort of have some confidence and and talk with respect and all that kind of stuff. So it's it's an important social interaction. And maybe we've lost something by sort of making every social interaction like frictionless. Like there mm-hmm. maybe there is a little friction that is good in a sense, right? Because mm-hmm. you learn, oh, hey, I said the wrong thing there and that's why this result happened or hey, you know, I gotta, I have to correct my behavior or my attitude because what I'm doing is not proper. And that's where you get that social interaction. I mean, that's, I guess, a different branch of it, but sort of related. Yeah, it's just the thought of how, you know, it's so easy to order online now and you don't have to talk to anybody at all, not even a cashier, right? And the farmer's market isn't that at all. So it's, it's definitely a change in perspective, but it's really good to be able to go and socialize with people from the community. You know, it really includes you in the community. Some of the things that I've learned, um, one of our oldest vendors like that has been with the farmer's market from the very beginning started when he was 15 years old. Um, He's now around my age and I won't tell you what that is, but it's up there. 
And um, the changes that, that they've seen from that little pop-up basically on the corner um, with three or four farmers together to what we have today at Science North is amazing. And it's, it's taken a very long time to, to get to where we are now. Let's hope we can hold on to this and, and it doesn't drop too much. But the, the characters and the, the personalities that are there, um, I deal with 35 plus personalities every week and they're amazing. And I embrace the fact that they're all human beings and they all look at different things differently. Um, but every single one of them comes back to this community. And as Miranda said earlier, it is a hub, but it's a hub for so many different things, not just your local food. You've got, um, there's a lot of support there. Um, farmers, you know, if somebody's had a bad season, you know, there's ways of people, they discuss, how can I change this? What, what happened here? You know, so there is a lot of that support and it's not a competition where you are out in the real world, outside there um, in technology, everything's a competition. Everything, I gotta be the best, I gotta be the best. Here it's, this is what I have for you and I'm presenting it to you. So now it's your choice what you do with that. But I'm not telling you I'm the best. I'm telling you, this is what I've grown with my two pair of hands, mm -hmm. or this is what I've made with my two hands. And it's there for you to choose. So it's not as in your face either as when you're doing commercial stuff. So I, I really love the family touch to it and, and the sense of family that we have and the personalities because there's some quite the characters there. <laughs> well, that made me think it's like, uh, it's not a situation of I'm the best, but it's here it is, I've done my best. Yes, exactly. Like this, this is, I believe the best product I can possibly give you. And it, there's a humble humbleness to that, right? Because you're like, this this is this is what I've got for you, and this is what I'm asking for it. And I mean, yeah. this is what's worth, right? And and that's again too, even even from the provider's point of view, and maybe that's what it is, is like when you when you really get involved in farming at the level where you're working with your hands and doing all that, you're you're aware of the work and and I mean. I don't know. I think it just, it just has to humble you. I mean, uh, you, you know what it costs, you know, you know that like say the next guy is probably working just as hard as you. He's probably got his own batch of problems that he's trying to do as well as keep the farm going. Cause I mean, we all know that farmers on top of, and a lot of cases, people that we talk to work full-time jobs as well as working their farm, say 40 hours a week or more. Mm -hmm. I mean, some of these people are probably working as much as 80 hours a week or more mm -hmm. or, or even more, which is an insane thing to think about. Mm -hmm. But I mean, they're also, they come to there, they say, this is, this is the best I can do. And here's what it is. And I mean, they do not disappoint, not in my experience. I mean, uh, every, every, every bit of, uh, uh, food that I've had the pleasure of uh, being able to try or have from the market has been excellent and uh, enriched the quality of my life for sure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Something that's also unknown and we've talked, we focused a lot on the farmers, but the artisans that are there as well. Um, an average artisan makes $4 an hour. Did you know that? That's, no. what, that's, that's what an artisan makes. And that's, that's a high wage for an artisan. Um, and I know this because I've done it for many years. So I, it's, they do it with joy. They do it because it's something, an extension of themselves and they want to put that out there for people, somebody else to enjoy. 
Um, and the farmers are the same philosophy, really, because it is what it's coming from inside. And that's, that's what you don't see when you go to a grocery store, a box store. Um, and I don't want to bring up the big W word, but, um, you know, all those big places, you're not seeing that heart and soul that has gone into what you're receiving. So I, um, that's another thing. I do all my Christmas shopping there too. My, everything is handmade um, because I'm supporting local and um, there's so many unique gifts. Somebody might, you know, they only make one of this or one yep. of that. So you might yep. never find it again. So I think the uniqueness as well and the variety that we have. So it's not just the farmers, but yeah, definitely it's a family atmosphere and it comes from family. So that's, that's the biggest thing I like about it. Well, and that makes me think too, like this right here is a wallet. So this wallet here, I didn't buy it locally. Mm -hmm. But it was when I was starting to get into looking into uh, small producers. And so it's, I think it was called a Kawa. It was like a certain style of wallet. And so the guy who made it was an Austrian guy named Max. And he was living in Japan at the time. And mm -hmm. so uh, I set up this deal with him where I basically paid him the money for it. And he sent me my wallet from Japan. And when he made this wallet, it was the prototype. So this is the only wallet like this in existence in the whole world made by that guy. Yeah. Now that doesn't mean anything to a whole lot of people, but to me, it's kind of cool that I got this uh, Woodsman's Finest wallet, and you know, this this is the only one there is, and it's mine. Exactly. And so you take something home special. Um, it, it's just it adds to that experience where you're not going to the grocery store, throwing it in the cart, running out to car, and throwing the kids in the car, and away you go. Mm -hmm. You're taking the kids. Uh, the vendors love. Most of the vendors love kids. They, they talk to them and I'm a real sucker for kids. So if I'm walking around and I see them, I start chatting with them because they're our future market goers. Yep. And I want them to have a good experience when they come see us. So if they enjoy, if they remember that crazy lady that came up to me and, and started talking and it was a good experience, it's gonna bring them back and they're gonna remember that when they get older. So that, that looks at longevity of our market is to keep these young people coming. And same with the volunteer aspect, because now all these volunteers go, oh, wow, I didn't know this. This is happening. How long has this been going on? You know, when you tell them 30 years, like twice your age, they go, wow, I never knew these things existed because they're behind a computer or a technology all the time. And this gets them out into reality to see people actually working for a living and reaping those benefits. So they get yeah. to and maybe it puts a little more wonder back in the world too, where it's, I don't know, it's, it's, it, it makes things special again in a way. Like, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's not silly to like, I mean, maybe it is silly to think my wallet is special, but I, I like it. It's my wallet. I mean, it's just a silly thing like that, but I mean, little, little, feel good. yeah, it's, you know, it's putting the heart back in things, the spirit back in things a little bit, mm -hmm. like even, even beyond money. Yeah, exactly. Like even my hat, my hat wasn't expensive, but I got this in Portugal. And the one time that I've ever been to Europe when I got to go and see uh, my wife's family. And, you know, it's just that one hat that's from that one place from that one time. And I'll wear it out and it'll eventually it'll wear out. But I mean, it's there's something connected to this hat that's more than it's it's more than fabric. Yeah, it's yeah. It's, it's it's a lot. It's a lot more than that. It's a memory. Yeah. 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 And so I guess in the, in the, 
I guess I guess we'll have to thank you guys for helping us create a memory here. And uh, seeing that we're coming to the end of our time talking, uh, could you guys let people know, whoever might hear this, where they could uh, get in contact with the farmer's market or, or volunteer or something like that, please? And if you guys have any last thoughts. Yes. Um, just shop local and support these local families and, and just come in and out to Science North. We're there till May 14th. Um, every Saturday, 10 to 2, um, spring break, we're going to have uh, out vendors outside, um, as well as some on the inside, and it's going to be quite the experience, I'm hoping. Uh, hopefully the weather will hold up, and just support local and support those local families, um, and enjoy. Be safe. Yeah, thanks for having us here today and uh, letting us talk about the market and uh, our experiences and just give you a, a, like a deeper dive into the Sudbury market. We appreciate that. And we hope to see you guys out and everyone else out at the market. Um, we run year round. So although we're at Science North till May 14th, we'll still be continuing into the summer and to the fall into next winter. Um, yeah, we appreciate it. Thanks guys. Yeah, no problem. Thank you guys yeah, for thank coming you guys. and chatting with us.